Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and today we're speaking with Bernadette Joy. Bernadette was raised to believe that life was to work for 45 years and wait until she retired to do the dreamy things. She had a six-figure corporate job, a fancy New York City apartment, and was doing everything she thought she was supposed to do, except she was miserable. So she became a nerd with a specific obsession, making and saving money to earn the lifestyle she thought she had to wait until retirement for. She quit that corporate job, studied entrepreneurship around the world, aggressively paid off all debt and started her business, dressed, also debt-free. Nowadays, she has fun and the freedom to teach others everything she learned along the way about career, small business, and personal finance through live talks and social media. We are recording here at Glow Podcast Row event in New York City, and we get to speak to Bernadette Joy. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. We're so excited that you're here. Thank Um, you. And I've been wanting to talk to you. I finally get to do this. Yes. This is our second day. We're a little tired, but we're going to do this. We're going to get through this, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about your company and how we can connect with you. Absolutely. My company is called Bernadette Joy Media, and I do all media related to money um, issues and topics specifically around debt. And I do a variety of things. I do obviously the social medias, but I also do TV, news articles, and I am working on a documentary this year, which is what I'm really excited about. Tell us about your documentary. Sure. So the mission of the documentary is to share a hundred other stories other than my own. I spent the last three years sharing my own debt-free story. And to be perfectly honest, I am a 100% introvert. And what? <laughs> I am 100% introverted. I took that you know, test and I'm as right. far as introverted as possible. So I learned that while I like sharing my story, it also took a lot of energy from me. And I also realized that a lot of the commentary I would get in response to my story was, oh, well, you're debt-free because you have a husband or you're debt-free because you live in a certain place or you're debt-free because you make a certain amount of money. And what I wanted to get out of this documentary is to inspire a hundred other women who are nothing like me, have different backgrounds, different stories to tell, and to show people that the main thing that is going to be common among all of us is that we all are deciding that we don't want debt in our lives. And I'm excited to share the stories behind that, but me being Asian, the mathematical thing behind that is I thought a million dollars was a good number to start off with. And I decided like a million dollars in total, a million like, dollars in total that would be paid off okay. in 2020. And it would be 100 women paying $10,000 each, which seemed reasonable and feasible and exciting. Right. And so do you have the women already? Are you ready to go? I have the first few women. I have, I have plenty more to go in terms of 100. So that's why I wanted to come to New York was to 
tell people about this project and hopefully if other people hear about it that they might be interested in joining it and you can learn more about it at crushyourmoneygoals.com and you can apply to be part of the documentary. Oh, I love that. Crush your money goals. So let's crush our money goals and get on the bandwagon here. Yes. Now, what's the plan to get them where they need to To actually be? do what they need yes. to do. <laughs> yes. That is a great question. So the last three years, this is how the media company started was I actually had a completely different business. It was a dress rental business, like a rent the runway. People are familiar with that usually. And I started this business three years ago and that's what got me to do the debt-free journey was because I had a regular day job, a corporate job like many other people. And I wanted to be able to quit that job to run that dress business full time. And in order to do that, I paid off the first $70,000 of my student loans in less than a year. I graduated in April of 2016, and we were done with the student loans by November of the same year. People kept reaching out to me, asking me, How you did that? How did you do that? Right. And I was very vocal about it on my media platforms. And it turned out that I was a lot more excited talking about this and realizing I could help more people with money and debt than dresses. <laughs> right. Right. So. So you hit your sweet spot. So I hit my sweet spot and I started doing more speaking engagements, started doing events, started being asked to go on not just local media, but national media about this topic because it apparently we don't talk about this enough. And I think the other factor was, you know, full transparency. I don't think there are a lot of people who are like me in some ways in terms of being this generation, being a minority, being a female, talking about the topic in a way that is relatable and not over your head and also not so heavy. I mm -hmm. like to make it a lot lighter and a lot more fun and actually have an enjoyable conversation around money versus feeling uncomfortable about it the whole time. Right. right. And I got that from you from the very first time we met. Oh. So full of energy and joy and wanting to talk about this. Um, Thank you. Because there is, you know, a cloud over how people perceive that. Yes. But you bring a different perspective, which is really neat. So I wrote down, mm -hmm. you said you were an introvert. Yes. <laughs> it's not how you present yourself. <laughs> how difficult was it to get here as an introvert? It is difficult every day. <laughs> I tell, will be tell honest. Me the process. So I went to business school for my undergrad. And I also went to business school for my graduate school. And in the business world, it is not a thing you advertise that you're an introvert. You are expected to know how to network you are expected to know how to communicate effectively, all of those things. And what is interesting and what I tell people is that even though I'm an introvert and even though I'm good at speaking in public, I have no problem getting on a stage in front of 200 people. I know. But what is interesting is that I will prefer that over you know, a networking event or something because I feel like I can manage my own level of energy versus meeting a lot of people and not knowing how much energy I have to give out. And so I frame introversion versus extroversion as not, oh, if you're shy or if you are outgoing, it's more of do you draw energy from being with other people versus being by yourself? And my closest friends will tell you that when I am by myself at home and I am, you know, drinking my glass of wine and reading a book or whatever, that's probably where I'm most Enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. And so at an event like this, you've had to take breaks. I have had to take breaks, yes. And your little bubble tea. <laughs> I escaped <laughs> for a little bit and grabbed a bubble tea and came back. And it's not because I don't enjoy the company and I right, love the right. energy and all of that, but it takes more energy from me. Right. And that is something that I think is very parallel to money 
as well is that I think that there is a flow of energy when it comes to money too. And just like I have become a lot more thoughtful about who I spend my time with and who I spend my energy with because I am debt free, that is parallel to where I spend my money. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a challenge that a lot of people have whether it's money or time or energy, is that we're taking a lot of those things and giving it away to things or people or activities that we would rather not be doing. And I think we can do a lot better as people individually if we chose to be a little bit more selective about where we spent those things. And that's a lot of wisdom coming from someone so young. Oh, (laughs) thank you. I think I honestly just one day became super exhausted and said, I can't, this can't be an ongoing thing. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Everyone has a voice, whether expressed or dormant, and Master Your Swag podcast was created to help you showcase your voice. It's a unique platform that affords high-level opportunity seekers like yourself, whether you're seeking a job, a client, or a partner, the chance to feature your insights, knowledge, expertise, experience, passion, and vision and deliver your message to prospective employers, clients, or partners. It's an opportunity to connect your voice to your brand, to glow and get noticed. So when you send out that resume, that proposal, or that important email, you attach a unique link that will connect the recipient directly to your episode on Master Your Swag podcast. You connect your voice to your resume, to your brand, and get noticed. Go to MasterYourSwag.com to claim your spot on Master Your Swag podcast. That's MasterYourSwag.com. So tell me about energy and money. Okay, so I wasn't like this before a couple of years ago. I used to be in corporate banking in New York City. Anything that was frou-fra mindset, I always thought it was like, oh, that's just a bunch of, you know, stuff. New age. Yeah, new age kind of things, right? But what I think is so interesting is that there is a stark difference. I even went back to look at photos of myself when I was kind of at the peak of my career, you know, the traditional career. I was a 20-something-year-old working in banking, making six figures, and you would see pictures of me, and I looked miserable. (laughs) My face looked gaunt. I looked like I didn't want to be wherever I was going to be. And I look at pictures of myself now and people tell me, they'll come up and say, you have a glow or you seem so excited or like what you said, you're so enthusiastic. And I don't think anything is different other than the fact that I have decided to, again, be very thoughtful about where I spend my energy and my time. And those things happen to be very correlated. Perfect example in my 20s, I was just having this conversation with our producers where I was like, I am trying to calculate how much money I spent on drinks and alcohol (laughs) when I was in my 20s living in New York City. And I mean, it was thousands of dollars. And the thought of that makes me like, oh my God. But no wonder we were miserable. Right, right. And I was spending money on things that weren't going to make me happy. But now I don't spend that much money. But on the things that I do spend money on make me super happy. It's the things that I really care about. And that's where I get my energy from. So it's being really intentional about how you use your time and energy and money. Yes. And I think women are really, I think we're getting a lot more in tuned about energy and time like I don't think it's a new age thing anymore you see all of these corporate places talking about wellness programs and stuff like that 
but we're still not touching people about money stuff. And that's a part of wellness. And that is a part of wellness, and I'm not sure where it is. I saw someone post the other day that was like, oh, you know, company says we care about your wellness as an employee. And, you know, employee says, okay, how about you hire more people so we don't have to work as much? And how about you pay us more so that we can pay our bills? And the company's like, no, 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 we'll just give you free yoga and you can bring your dog in. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so, you know, I think it's very interesting that a lot of wellness things are related to health and mind. And I 100% agree with that. And I wasn't able to focus on my health and where I spent my energy until I felt like I was more financially stable. And now you're able to do that. And I'm able to do that now. I go to yoga. Love yoga. Love yoga. And dogs. And dogs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what does it mean to reverse engineer your life goals? What does that mean to you? I love that question. In my acronym and CRUSH, I've had a couple of iterations of it. And in the beginning... It used to stand for redesign your life. And what I meant by that was having people really think about what your life would look like if money were no issue. Imagine if you didn't have to worry about paying your bills and you didn't have to worry about, you know, retiring and all that stuff. Like, what would you actually be doing? And that was a great exercise. I would have people draw pictures and it would be all these amazing pictures of people traveling and skiing and doing yoga and doing all these things. And that's a question that most of us don't ask ourselves. And we don't ask ourselves, what would I be doing if I didn't have to worry about money, right? But what I found was that once we answered that question, the next question was, how do we actually get there? Mm -hmm. So I changed that R to really say reverse engineer your goals because one step is to have answer that question. But then what's the use of knowing the answer to that if you don't know how to get there? That's where the combination of the life stuff and the money stuff comes in, where once you know what that goal is, trying to figure out what is the actual cost to that goal, right? Mm -hmm. So perfect example for me was I wanted to start my own business. I did not feel comfortable in starting that business until I had my student loans paid off. Mm -hmm. And I had $72,000 of student loans. So what did that mean for me? You can say, oh, I'm going to be debt free and I'm just going to pay off all my student loans. Then I can start my business. That's not really a plan. That's not a plan. That's not a plan. That's just saying stuff. (laughs) So I had to come up with a plan and that had to come down to reverse engineering that goal. So I had $72,000 of student loan debt. I wanted to pay it off in two years. That meant mathematically that was $36,000 a year. That was $3,000 a month. That was $750 a week that's about a hundred dollars a day then i can come up with a plan on how to either make or save a hundred dollars a day that to me was more feasible than thinking i'm just going to pay off all seventy two thousand dollars in whatever amount of time that's the difference to me between reverse engineering and just saying your goal and so you did that on your own did you have help yes uh shout out to my husband aj (laughs) for sure that was probably the most interesting point in my life where I had to really look at myself and realize that there was a lot of things that was probably told to me growing up, maybe as a female, maybe as an Asian, maybe as a millennial or all of those things that, you know, if you're going to make money, you have to do it by yourself. And if you're going to be rich, you have to figure out how to do it on your own. And I think I was very fortunate that I married somebody who was willing to go on this journey with me and all my craziness. (laughs) And if you ever meet AJ, he is the most chill person. He's the opposite of me. I'm like... Is he an extrovert? Oh, he's an introvert. (laughs) Actually, I would say he's a quiet extrovert. Okay. 
Yeah. So I'm like the loud introvert and mm-hmm. he's the quiet extrovert. He likes being around people. doesn't bother him. People could say the craziest things to him and he doesn't care. And I was very lucky that I met someone who was my balance, mm-hmm. but he was also very much supportive of thinking and rearranging our life this way. And I couldn't make these financial decisions on my own because obviously we both own our house. We both pay for our daily expenses, our food and our lifestyle. And so that was a conversation that was really important and also a relief when I realized that he was on board to go on this journey with me. Now, I know that when I first met you, you mentioned how much debt you were in and how you wiped that clean. So tell us about that. So we paid off $300,000 of debt in three years, and that included my student loans, a mortgage on a rental property that I had no business having, (laughs) and our own house. So we don't have a mortgage. We don't have credit cards. We don't have car payments. We don't have any debt of any kind. How does that feel? It's been surreal for the last year. It kind of set in this year that I also realized that being debt-free and staying debt-free, it's hard. And I tout, you know, being debt-free is 100% worth it. I still have a lot of fun. There is a lot of myth out there saying that if you are trying to not rack up debt, that your life is super boring and you don't get to socialize or eat good food or any of that stuff. And none of that's true. But I realized that even though I've made some progress in the last three years of not caring as much about what people think, it still gets to me every now and mm-hmm. then. I will look on social media and see someone taking some really amazing vacation and thinking like, oh, you know, it'd be so easy for us to get a credit card and take that same vacation too. Right. But those are the pieces that I am so interested in talking to other people about, which is not the math part of money. It's about the habits and the choices that we make and learning to have fun and learning to have great relationships and still be financially responsible. Great. Now, what is one thing that someone who's listening or watching can do to start this process? Yes. I think the first thing that I would tell people is to be honest with yourself about what your level of knowledge is about money. And if it's nothing, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 1 then that's okay. And I've heard a lot of people say, and I heard this New York City public school kid, right? All of my friends are always like, no one ever taught us about money. We learn how to dissect pigs, but we don't know how to, you know, balance a checkbook or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we can keep talking about that and And we keep complaining. (laughs) Or we can actually learn to teach ourselves, which in this day and age, there are so many resources that people can use to teach themselves at this point. I don't think that can be an excuse anymore. So the first thing I would tell people is, what questions do you have about money and then go find those answers i promise you 90 percent of those are going to be on google and there's a lot of great people other than myself who are putting out amazing content around this topic and i would say find the people that you can relate to and once again they want to connect with you where can they do that sure crushyourmoneygoals.com is where the documentary is being housed and then if you want to chat with me or follow my tips on all the social media channels. It's Bernadette Joy, but I spell it with the word debt in in it. So B-E-R-N-A-D-E-B-T-J-O-I. Thank you so much for the generosity of your time and just sharing your heart. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. I've had so much fun. Thanks for having me. Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. 
So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.